Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, July 27th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. That is... uh, Happy that we get a little bit of a break to kind of digest this weekend's news. So I think today we're going to take a look into Cam Atkinson, which I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I think we all needed this day to breathe, and it's it's good to get some more info on one of our newest flyers. And I think everyone's going to enjoy uh, our conversation. But to keep up to date on all Flyers news, not just Cam Atkinson, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Flyers. Send us in any mailbag questions you have. Keep up to date on all of our episodes. And if you don't use Twitter, you can also reach us uh, via email at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. We are your hosts. I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. And if you need more hockey news, check out Locked on NHL. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so today we are going to recap some Flyers news, some qualifying offers, some signed deals. We're finally going to talk about the schedule for the Flyers and the Phantoms. And then Allison Lucan joins us to talk about Cam Atkinson. As someone who's followed him from the beginning of his career in the AHL, to now, uh, she's going to give us some really good insight. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are currently listening. So make sure you're subscribed to get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right. So uh, to pretty much to be expected, it came out yesterday that Samuel Moran was signed to a one-year deal with a contract amount of $750,000, uh, which pretty much is kind of what everyone expected when we talked about Chuck Fletcher in yesterday's episode. One thing we didn't mention is that he pretty much said that he was absolutely getting a deal done with Moran. And it's no surprise that that was one of the first things that came out uh, on Monday. Yeah, it just uh, takes a little bit off that cap. But (laughs) I don't hate Sam Moran as somebody who sits in the press box most of the time. So I assume that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I would be surprised, but who knows? I mean, he's the fact that he played last season when I didn't think he would, who knows? But that amount is not bad, and neither is the term, so good for you, Sam. Uh, next, the Flyers offered some qualifying offers to, of course, Hart, Sanheim, Bunneman, and Kasha, uh, who is um, overseas. We talked about that, but the Flyers sent a qualifying offer to retain his NHL rights just I mean something we kind of figured they would do and uh, they did not offer a qualifying offer to Pascal Labarge who will become a uh, unrestricted free agent any surprises with this news nope all going according to plan yeah pretty pretty much all right so next jumping into next season's schedule for the Flyers Surprise, surprise, the Flyers were open the season with a four-game homestand in front of their fans for the first time since 1974-75 to season. That, <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, it is pretty unusual. Usually they'd only have like maybe one or two home games at the mm-hmm. beginning and then go on the road for a little bit. So uh, it's a nice change of pace. 
Yeah, I mean, now you have plenty of time to see this new roster that Chuck Fletcher has put together at home. So that's uh, pretty surprising. And they start the season off against the Canucks, who are also making moves. Uh, And that game is on October 15th. And then our good old buddy Dave Hacksaw comes to town Monday, October 18th. And that'll be the first time the Flyers play at the Kraken. The season concludes Friday, April 29th, and that is a game versus the Senators. And um, one good news that came out of the schedule is that there is going to be no two-week West Coast trip for the Flyers. Yeah, I don't know if there's no uh, Disney on ice or anything to worry about or (laughs) or because of the Olympic break, it doesn't work out and they split it into two separate trips that are shorter over the course of the season. But I like that. I like that a lot. Me too, for several different reasons. Um, But looking at their schedule, they have 15 back-to-back scheduled this season. No surprise, pretty common with the Flyers. And then, like Rachel said, uh, the Olympic break, that is going to be from February 2nd to the 22nd. It's still undetermined, but, you know, positive that this is, you know, it's in the uh, NHL schedule for all the teams. So uh, we'll have to continue to see how that works out. Some other uh, notes from the schedule, longest home stretch is six games, and that's um, the end of February to the beginning of March. And then they have two five-game road trips, and that happens, um, and that'll be the the longest stretch uh, for away games for the Flyers. And then something pretty surprising is that the Flyers only play the Devils and the Blue Jackets three times each uh, this season. Yeah, they rotate that around a little bit in the schedule uh, with different teams uh, having more or fewer matchups against each other. So that's how it turns out. And I'm pretty sure that some of the schedule, at least at the beginning of the season, is affected by the Islanders arena not opening until November. So I'm sure they had to work around that as well. So any matchups you're excited to see? Well, I'm certainly excited to see anybody that we did not play last season. (laughs) I think that's the top priority there. And then, yeah, I'm just excited to see the Kraken jersey on ice. I don't know who's going to be in them exactly, but at least I see the, the Kraken playing real actual games. And then I think I am very interested in how they do in the road trip that they have in March, like late March, because that's going to be a critical time of the season. And they're going to Detroit, St. Louis, Colorado, Nashville, and Minnesota. And, you know, I mean, Detroit has improved in this offseason thus far. uh, So they won't be, you know, as much of a pushover as they've been. But at least that's a good warm up game for that road trip. But then the other four games should be pretty tough. Yeah, they they definitely um, will have some tough games, and and you're right. I I really wonder how they'll they'll do. Uh, again, yeah, I agree with you that I'm excited to see them play the Kraken. That's always exciting, um, and teams that we have not seen. Like I'm excited for the Canucks. I'm excited for the Senators. So, uh, yeah, and. The Phantoms also released their schedule, and this is going to be their 25th anniversary season. They have 76 games against 14 different opponents throughout October and April. And the season starts off with the Phantoms on the road. They'll be playing, surprise, surprise, Wilkes-Barre Scranton and (laughs) the Hershey Bears. (laughs) 
so that'll happen October 16th and 17th on Saturday and Sunday. And then they come home October 23rd and they'll be playing the Hartford Wolfpack opening night and then Wilkes-Barre Scranton that Sunday. You know, any surprises for the Phantoms schedule? Again, just excited to see other teams. I think they play Laval at one point, which mm-hmm. is very exciting. So yeah, uh, be looking forward to seeing some new Flyers prospects. Definitely. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket instead. Save tons of time and money by using rockauto.com. And they're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, so we know we can trust them. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. You can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And like we said, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for everyone. So go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, so like we previewed at the start of the show, we are joined by Allison Lucan, who is a freelance NHL writer, here to talk about Cam Atkinson. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, it's always my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So let's get into Cam. The <laughs> Atkinson and Voracek trade was one for one. No, uh, no, no money uh, held back. And objectively, this trade seems like it's a win-win for both teams. What's your opinion from the Columbus and the Philadelphia perspective? Yeah, I mean, this this was the arguably not necessarily the biggest trade, but the biggest shocker, I think, um, particularly for Columbus fans and followers. No one really saw this coming. Um, I agree with you. I think that it's a fair trade for both organizations. I think there's that fun little narrative that, you know, Jake was drafted by Columbus, uh, started in Columbus. Um, the, the organization, the fan base really missed him when he left, enjoyed watching him succeed in Philadelphia. So to have him back is nice, but I I think this is, um, you know, hockey part aside where I think this is good. I think that it's kind of emotional. Um, Cam was right in the running to overtake Rick Nash for a lot of the Blue Jackets records. Um, A great personality as um, you all saw when he did his first availability and a real lover of Columbus um, in a market where that doesn't necessarily happen. So um, he will be missed. And I think that most people are hoping for him to continue to succeed in Philadelphia. Clearly, everybody was surprised about the deal from the Cam Atkinson side of things. But do you think, like, who was the most surprised? Was it him? Was it the fans? Was it the media? <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> you know, it's um, if, if people haven't had a chance to see some of the details, Cam was actually in the middle of getting ready for his son's third birthday party when he got the call. So I think that he and his wife, Natalie, were were probably the most shocked um, because he does have that contract. He only had, he had a limited um, no move. So I think that he was probably the most shocked. Um, 
And I think that after that, it's probably the fan base, us media, we're, we're grizzled, cynical types. We don't, <laughs> we're not supposed to get shocked as much anymore. Yeah, I, I would have to say I was pretty surprised too. I never would have expected Atkinson to be one of the players to get moved just because like you said, I mean, he seemed like he was a fan favorite. He always seemed like he fit in with the, uh, with the roster and um, he just always seemed like he enjoyed Columbus. So I never expected out of Columbus for him to be the one to be traded. So I have to say, I was definitely surprised as well, but you know, I, once the Flyers got Cam, I had to like go back and look at his season because he was never someone that I thought could be moved. And it did seem like last season, he had a down season of just looking at, you know, his time in the NHL. Do you think that was just like, you know, because it was COVID? I mean, we've seen a lot of players have down seasons because of it, or do you think there's something else going on with them? Yeah, it's such a good question. You know, I think first and foremost, I'll say to people uh, looking to understand more about Cam Atkinson's game last year in Columbus was just a disaster, to be very honest, from um, pretty much the first puck drop. And there really isn't one player that you can point to that had a good season. So as far as any Columbus player last year, I think it's fair to throw that out the window. There were roster changes. There were coaching challenges. There were lineup shuffles, literally every game. I think that it just was not a great situation. You add on top of it, like you said, the pressures and challenges of COVID, it just wasn't a good year. Cam is obviously going to be battling an aging curve. So I think it's legitimate to ask the question of what will happen to his game. And I think we might see a little bit of a downturn in his production. It also depends how he's used and where he falls in the lineup. But one of the things that I always liked about Cam's game is that even when he wasn't putting up points, he has played very consistently in terms of how often he shoots the puck, in terms of where he shoots the puck from in terms of what he does on special teams. So because he's been so consistent in his underlying behavior, I don't think we see a marked downturn in his production. I think we see a little bit because of aging as we see with any player. But I, again, last year out the window, I think this is a guy who's easily going to be putting up, I mean, he could easily get back to, depending where he is in the lineup, 20 plus maybe goals next year. I'll throw that out there. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. <laughs> One possibility that has come up uh, is playing on a line with his old BC teammate, Kevin Hayes, which would be an interesting option, I think, for the Flyers to try out. Chuck Fletcher talked about Atkinson's game a little bit, and one of the reasons why he was interested in pursuing him was his tenacity on and off the puck. And you mentioned, you know, he's a bit of a shooter. And when we were comparing Voracek, to Cam Atkinson, it was very clear that Cam shoots a lot more than Jake does. But <laughs> is there anything else that you would say that Cam brings to his game that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, that tenacity, it, one of the things that you'll learn about Cam really quickly is he has played with a chip on his shoulder forever, um, mainly because of his size. He's one of those smaller players that was always told, you know, you're not going to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. He was drafted in the sixth round by Columbus. So, you know, who saw this coming? And I think that that tenacity also translates into an aggressiveness. This is a guy who is really hungry for the puck. He will fight for the puck. He's not necessarily physical, but he will go after the puck and be hard on the puck. 
And I think the other key thing to know about Cam is that he works best when he's playing with players that he, in, in his words, the way Cam likes to describe it is get lost. He likes to kind of disappear. He doesn't want to be the marquee player on a line. So someone else is drawing the attention Someone else is helping create a little bit of space and that lets him get into, into the softer areas. And that's where he'll execute his offense, his quick strikes. That's good to hear. Uh, <laughs> I normally it's so weird. I have to change my thinking because I'm so nor, uh, used to being like scared of Cam Atkinson on the ice because he <laughs> is known to make uh, big things happen against uh, the Flyers. So um, it's, it's an adjustment. But uh, another thing that Chuck Fletcher brought up when he was talking about Cam was the fact that um, he is useful on the penalty kill. And the Flyers had one season where the penalty kill looked good. And then last season, they just went right back to it looking like garbage. So as Flyers fans, we that's what we want to hear is a player who can come in and jump on the PK. What do you think that Atkinson does bring uh, when he's on the penalty kill? Yeah, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, and Cam is a huge part of it. So while John Tortorella was in Columbus and Brad Shaw, who's now with the Canucks as the assistant coach who mainly oversaw the PK, Columbus kind of was one of the forefront leaders in the league in terms of going to what people like me love to call the power kill. So it's a much more offensively minded penalty kill. It's not necessarily a box formation. You're going to see forwards rotating high, challenging a power play when they come into the zone, challenging a power play when they have the pucks on their sticks, looking for an opportunity to take the puck away or jump on an errant pass and create offense the other way. That was the whole system in Columbus. And Cam was arguably one of the top two forwards in Columbus on the penalty kill. Um, Josh Anderson, who's now in Montreal, obviously was another big part of that. And Cam will say that part of why he has been so effective on the penalty kill is because he is so offensive. He understands what power, what power play players are thinking when they're on the power play. So he can anticipate what a power play player wants to do with the puck and then disrupt that play. And that's what he does. Um, you will see him, and it depends on the system um, that Philadelphia wants to play, but Cam, you will see him be aggressive on the penalty kill. You will see him play high. You will see him challenge the puck carrier. And if it's in the system, you'll see him really looking to create those shorthanded opportunities. He led Columbus in shorthanded goals um, from a franchise record perspective. And it's, it's really something cool to see if the rest of the Flyers um, crew that goes on the PK can follow suit, um, you'll be you'll be very pleased with how he plays on special teams. That's really good to hear. I think two of the main problems on the Flyers penalty kill were that they collapsed a little bit too much a mm -hmm. lot of the time and mm -hmm. then were puck watching mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And that kind of led to their downfall, I think, in the most of the cases where the penalty kill was failing. And I watched some highlights of Cam on it and it just seems like he will bring exactly what the Flyers need to change that and, and turn that around a little bit. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And like you said, what system the Flyers put in place that can best take advantage of his skills. Now the NHL season is underway in their off season, but there's so many other sports that are ready and up and running to be bet on all summer long. And the perfect place to go to is to our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
you've got baseball, golf, MMA, UFC, the Olympics. So many sports are happening right now. Before the next pitch or tee off, head over to Bet Online to check out all the latest sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. You can also get real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Talking about other situations at five on five, I mentioned earlier the possibility of maybe he reteaming with Kevin Hayes, but do you think there's a particular flyer that you are aware of or a type of line mate that will allow him to be the most successful at five on five? Yeah, you know, and this is, I kind of hinted at this a little bit um, before too in my comments. And, you know, this is, everyone's shocked at the, at the trade, like we talked about at the start, but, you know, one of the things that Cam needs is someone who can get him the puck. Um, and so part of what went into this trade is that Columbus hopes that Jake can really be a better pl- a puck distributor for Patrick Line because you couldn't have Patrick Liney and Cam Atkinson out there together effectively because both of them were waiting for someone else to get them the puck. Um, That's how they prefer to play. So Cam comes out, Jake goes in. So in Philadelphia, Cam needs a couple things. He needs players who can get him the puck. Like I said, he likes to settle into those softer areas, right circle, net front, um, he loves, um, you know, a puck from the, from the point. He'll take a puck from behind the net. He can sometimes really, if he's in the right position, take a crash on a rebound and get that in. He also needs, as I mentioned, some bigger players, um, both in terms of size potentially, but also talent so that people aren't watching or the opponent, I should say, is not watching. Oh, here comes the line with Cam Atkinson. We're going to neutralize Cam Atkinson. Cam has to really be part of the challenge so that defenses don't know where to go first. So again, he can kind of find his soft spots. And as I said, quote unquote, get lost. So he worked really well with a player like Nick Felino, who brought both a physical presence on the ice, a disruptor, but also had some challenge in terms of his own offense he could create. This is part of why he and Artemi Panarin were so effective together, because if people jumped to Panarin, you had a, a very solid threat on the other side in Cam Atkinson. So he's going to need some size that could be in your forwards or in your defenseman. He's going to need a puck distributor, and he's going to need someone who is an additional challenge offensively so that defenses can't just focus in on Cam alone. That's really good insight. I mean, the Flyers have a ton of guys that want to distribute the puck. <laughs> it was kind of the opposite. And when you talk about line A and Cam Atkinson, because like for the Flyers, no one really wanted to shoot. They all just wanted to pass. Yeah. So uh, I think Cam will have a couple of options when he comes to the Flyers and we'll have to see where he, uh, where he, you know, finds success. Um, but, you know, it seems like everyone that you talk to about Cam and, and even in his like short little clip when he spoke to the Flyers media, he just seems like such a positive, happy, exciting person. And for Flyers fans who don't really know much about Columbus and their leadership group, and even, I mean, last season, we didn't really get to see Columbus at all, I guess, playing against the Flyers. How was uh, Cam perceived like in the locker room? I mean, to fans, like what kind of, kind of player is he? 
Yeah, I mean, off the ice, I, I really can't say enough good stuff about Cam. Um, been able to follow him since, you know, his his draft year, really up through his AHL career and then into the NHL. And what's funny is that when he was playing right before John Tortorella came to Columbus, um, his last game under former head coach Todd Richards, he was a healthy scratch and maybe wasn't going to be the player he's become. And he really blossomed under John Tortorella. And as he blossomed as a player, um, what was really cool was to see how he embraced the community around him. He and his wife, Natalie, made Columbus their permanent home. They moved here with their family. They have two little boys who are adorable. Um, and Cam has really sunk some roots into Columbus. He does all of the things that you hear about leaders, leaders doing, you know, appearances, this and that. And he rightly earned wearing the A on his sweater. But he also um, has helped build a local hockey academy here in Columbus that's focused on growing the game with local youth called The Battery. Um, last year, he's had a foundation for quite some time called the Force Network Fund that, fund that focuses on first responders and people who are on the front lines for our communities. They pick different charities every year to focus on. And he has started a virtual 5K that last year was the first year and he used all of the funds for that to buy a, a COVID testing machine for one of the local hospitals, which was not an insignificant gift, particularly in the times we all live through. And the 5K is still happening this year and I've seen him already encouraging Flyers fans to jump on board and help support. Um, so this is a guy who, when he says he loves the team he plays for, and commits to the community that he's in. It, it's not just the usual cliches that we hear. Um, and he's a charmer. Um, listen, this is a guy who likes the, the spotlight. He likes to be on camera. He likes to share what he's thinking. And he does it really well. And he has a great personality. Um, he's fun to have around. He's really well liked um, off the ice. This is, this is a guy that, you, that, in my experience, you want around your team, you want in your community. He makes all of those things better. Wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> is, is he a perfect human? I mean, <laughs> I'll save the bad stuff for later. I'll threaten him to say bad stuff. <laughs> you know, Rachel and I, we were talking obviously about this trade and you know, the flyers, this isn't the only move they made. They, they got a uh, wrist line in as well, but when they made this uh, trade, we were like, oh, wow, we're, we're kind of hopeful again. And now after speaking to you, I mean, I'm so excited to see how Cam fits into this locker room because, I mean, you just, you sold him. He seems like a great guy. <laughs> he is, he is. And like I said, you know, again, this is a guy, he's, he's 32. Um, so, so, you know, we're, we're looking at, just like his contract has a few more years, we're looking at the, the tail end of his most productive time on ice. Um, so as long as you have the proper expectations, I think, I think he's a great asset. I, I would have been thrilled to see him stay in Columbus. I, I, again, I can't really say much bad about him. Well, um, I think this wraps up our questions for you, but is there anything that, you know, maybe you wanted to talk about with Cam that we didn't bring up? Gosh, no, let's see. You know, you know, again, it's just been, it's been really cool to, to watch him grow into what he is. Um, I will say this, the one thing that I'm really curious to see is that um, he was a longtime power play player in Columbus. Mm -hmm. And if you ever watch Columbus, the power play has just been in the basement dumpster fire garbage can for multiple years. Everyone acknowledged it. And, and I'm really curious to see if he gets utilized there at all. Um, this could be the true reaction of where a change of scenery really helps a player. I think it really got into the power play's mind. 
um, here in Columbus and it was almost impossible for them to find a way out to be productive again. So I'll be curious to see if he's utilized there, how he responds. Um, but no, just a really strong two-way player, a really consistent player, um, a really great person off the ice as well. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does next. Well, you definitely got us excited. Thank you so much, Allison. We really appreciate it. Oh, uh, if you know anyone who wants to keep up with your work, where can they reach you? Yes. And, you know, again, thank you guys so much. Um, I love the work that you do and it's fun to be a part of this when I can. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Allison L and anywhere I write pretty much funnels through there. So you can check that out. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Thank you guys so much. Another huge thank you to Allison for coming back on the podcast to talk about the Blue Jackets, but today specifically Cam Atkinson. So I thought it was only fair to have a Flyers fun thing that reflected our conversation about Cam. And the Flyers tweeted this out, reunited and it feels so good. And this was an interview between Cam Atkinson and, or an interview with Cam Atkinson and Kevin Hayes. I didn't even know they were friends, but they did play together um, in college. So the, both of them together, their personalities, which they reminded me of each other. I can't wait to see what shenanigans they get into (laughs) with the team. And I hope the Flyers social media takes advantage of it. Same. They are very funny. <laughs> I like I cannot wait. And just throw in Joel Fairby in there too. Like I I'm ready. <laughs> so with that, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. Now is the perfect time to get in any questions you have. We have a weekly mailbag, so I know that people have tons of questions. Now is the time to send us in on Twitter at Locked on Flyers or locked on flyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.